Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 3, A Wanted Inhuman. Yeah. So, Mariah, how was your week? It's been good. Um, work today was kind of slow, so I'm a little groggy tonight. We'll see how my energy levels are through the episode. Yeah. Same in terms of energy levels. Yeah. How was your week? For the most part, the week has been okay. But today at work was just annoying. I literally, so I'm, I'm basically the tattle teller at work <laughs> at this point, um, because I'm kind of friends with both of the new managers, and so I'm trying to like, kind of be the eyes and ears when like things are not being done right or like. Because when things aren't done right at my job, it means that, like, dogs are being not being taken care of the way they're supposed to. Um, so I literally texted my manager today about five separate, four separate things. <laughs> just It just kept going. Every time that he wow. responded to me, I was like, oh, and another thing? And another thing. <laughs> oh, here's something else happened. <laughs> Ugh. So I was I was pissed off and then people were late picking up their dogs from daycare and so I didn't get home until <laughs> way later than I thought. So it's been a day. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. But I'm here. I'm ready. You're queer. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so, this episode was written by Monica Owusu-Breen and directed Monica. by Gary A. Brown. Nice. Also, the episode had literally no fun facts. Stop. None. They all do. What? No, there was none. Only goofs. Goofs. Well, I'm very excited to make fun of the goofs. <laughs> <sighs> so, who do we meet in this episode? So... We meet John, or John, um, and Spud, who I feel like I know everything that I need to know about Spud, and also I know literally nothing about Spud. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. So, yeah. (laughs) I don't think he matters, though. (laughs) After watching the rest of the episode, I don't think it matters that we don't know him. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay, let's get into it. So we start off, poor Lincoln is being chased again through the woods by the ATCU. He finds a power line and makes it rain sparks, of course, giving him a head start because they're all too afraid to walk through it. I mean, I guess it's sparks, but still. (laughs) Yeah. Cowards. And then the nameless military guy who was like Rosalind's right-hand man or whatever uh, says that they're going to have to bring everyone in on this. Which was very dramatic. Yeah. Simmons is slowly trying to get used to being on Earth again, but she's overwhelmed by everything from the harsh, buzzing fluorescent lights to the roaring sound of the shower. And 
I could be wrong, but aren't those pretty common signs of autism? They're very common signs of sensory overload. I I try not to count these scenes towards my theory of her being autistic, though, since, like, they're clearly from having been on another planet for months. Yeah. But to answer your question, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- thank you, because that was the follow-up to my question, <laughs> was if that was part of your theory. <laughs> Um, So at the same time, the rest of the team are being briefed on how difficult this transition is going to be for her um, after being on another planet for months. All of her internal systems are going to be completely out of whack. So Coulson tells everyone to keep an eye out for her, but not to push her into talking about anything that she's not ready to talk about, which is very good advice. Yeah. So Fitz, this is the first goof. Fitz talks about the planet Simmons was on possibly having, quote, different microgravity. The planet may have had different gravity, but microgravity is what you would have in an orbiting vehicle. It's the technical term for what the layman would call weightlessness. Okay. What's orbiting vehicle? Like, like spinning? Like, like an asteroid, like something that would be orbiting... A planet. Like a planet has gravity and an asteroid would have microgravity. Okay, but if we're going to get into that, technically the sun has gravity and the earth is (laughs) orbiting the sun. So, okay. (laughs) Whatever. It's true. Goofs. Goofs. Anyway, moving right along. (laughs) Immediately after, Daisy tells Coulson that Lincoln needs their help. The ATCU did, in fact, bring everyone in on hunting Lincoln, from the FBI to the local police and everyone in between. But luckily, Coulson already knows how to find him and has just been keeping that secret from Daisy this whole time, of course. Because haven't we learned at, by this point not to keep secrets from Daisy? I can't hear you. Oh, shit. God damn it. Wait, I don't know what happened. Hello, listeners. Sorry about that. And we're back. (laughs) We had some technical difficulties. It's a new day here, but we're just going to pick up where we left off. Act like nothing happened. (laughs) So anyway, immediately after, Daisy tells Coulson that Lincoln needs their help. The ATCU did, in fact, bring everyone in on hunting Lincoln, from the FBI to the local police and everyone in between. But luckily, Coulson already knows how to find him and has just been keeping that secret from Daisy this whole time, of course. Because of course we haven't learned by now that you don't keep secrets from Daisy. <laughs> that's like her, that's her one thing. Yeah. It's her one thing. She's very understanding all of the time. <laughs> Lincoln happens to actually answer the phone that he just bought less than 20 minutes ago <laughs> and here's Daisy telling telling not asking him that shield is going to help him and that they've been tracking him so he hangs up destroys his phone and then gets shirtless to electrocute the tracker in his arm i feel like the shirtless part was a little unnecessary but it was very much appreciated so thank you <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like the most unrealistic thing about all that is Lincoln actually answering an unknown number. Literally. Especially if no one is supposed to have his number. Why would you ever answer that number? (laughs) Why even have a phone at that point? (laughs) Insane. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Hunter and May walk into a British pub and fucking... Ew, why did they do that to his hair? (laughs) What the fuck is his hairline? It looks so stupid. I hated it. (laughs) Um, Hunter leads them over to some guy named Spud, who refers to Hunter as Richie. Gross. (laughs) Also hated that. (laughs) Um, And then the May hug. Incredible. Honestly, no notes. (laughs) (laughs) The boys get drunk until May finally get Spud to agree to talk business. And the story is that they need someone to buy illegal weapons, and Spud knows somebody, but they'll have to fight to the death just to get a meeting. Sounds like Hydra for sure. (laughs) The banner in the Alston pub reads Boston Red Sox, spelled like the socks you wear on your feet. Oh. This is never correct in modern times. It is always red socks with an X. <laughs> However, this change likely was made to avoid infringing on the Major League Baseball trademark. Probably so. Now, you say never correct in modern times. Did it used to be spelled that way? I guess so. I don't know anything about baseball, so somebody who knows Let's... about baseball, let us know. Oh, when I Google Boston Red Sox, I just get scores for, like, the game that's, (laughs) I guess, happening right now. (laughs) If we have any Red Sox fans in our listeners, please let us know. Did Red Sox used to be spelled, like, actual socks? Gotta be. (laughs) I feel like it makes sense. It makes sense. (laughs) But Lincoln's face is plastered on the news now. Of course, some off-duty soldier catches him on a bus and tries to intimidate him. Which, like, I guess it's better than calling the cops on him, but also, like, you were just told that he is powered and very dangerous, so, like, why do you think that you are gonna stop him? (laughs) I think it would be so funny if Lincoln just turned around and was like, thank you for your service. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that would have been perfect, and I wish they would have done that. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so Lincoln easily gets away, obviously. Daisy is fucking pissed that they would put a tracker on Lincoln without even telling her about it. Again, keeping secrets from Daisy. Why? (laughs) But she's especially pissed because she's supposed to be in charge of putting this team together. And they're just, like, going behind her back to do all this shit. But Coulson says that there were too many unexpected things that came up, so he made an executive decision. I didn't agree with it. (laughs) I don't like it. Um, Daisy dismisses herself to go scan the law enforcement channels for any signs of Lincoln and just kind of ends the conversation. Coulson tells Mac to go get him Rosalind Price's digits. Ooh. <laughs> Even Coulson needs a wingman sometimes. Hey, you know, 
if you can't have the cellist, you might as well start looking around. <laughs> yeah. Morse finds Fitz showing Simmons around the lab. Fitz is so excited to show her how he made sure that her workstation was entirely untouched, even down to the sticky notes. That was the cutest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Simmons is still massively overwhelmed and disoriented. Everything is too loud and too bright, and she's even still getting used to the lesser gravity on Earth. So Simmons says that she's still getting acclimated to less gravity. Simmons is English. She would have said acclimatized. She's also a scientist, and she would have said lower gravity. Okay, about the lower gravity thing, fine. (laughs) Acclimatized? That's dumb. (laughs) British people. This you? I hate it. (laughs) Change it. (laughs) I feel the same way about that as I do about other people named Caroline. Change your name. (laughs) Unacceptable. Eventually, uh, Simmons asks Fitz to bring her back to her room. He offers to get Morse to bring her, but Simmons only feels safe around Fitz right now. And I love that they hold hands everywhere. She says, I hope you're not too disappointed. And he says, on the contrary, you're self-diagnosing, which is a sign that you're on the mend. My heart. (laughs) Fitz said self-diagnosis is valid. Yes. Hunter and Morse lie to each other over the phone, obviously. Well, Morse doesn't, but Hunter does. But it's fine because, quote, she knows that he's lying to her, so it, like, doesn't count or something. I don't know. Okay. Hunter tries to turn the conversation to prying into May's personal life. Uh, Oh, sorry. Wait. (laughs) I didn't say that he was talking to May. He's talking to May about the phone call that he had with Morse. Um, he tries to turn the conversation into prying into May's personal life, and she simply picks up some brass knuckles and tells him to get his, get his, get his head in the game. Gotta get your, get your, get your, get your head in the game. Um, (laughs) but May does finally reveal that she did not leave Dr. Garner. Ouch. Oh, oh. And with the, with the Taylor Swift breakup, oh, man. It's too much. Oof. Lincoln gets a ride home from an old friend, I guess. Uh, I am suspicious. He seems to be an AA sponsor or something. Um, And Lincoln swears that he hasn't done anything wrong. He just needs to buy John. The guy's name is John. He just needs to buy John's car off of him, which is a totally normal and everyday request to make of of your sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) John agrees and begins to make some dinner while Lincoln takes a nap. But unfortunately, John turns on the TV, goddammit! Nothing good can come from watching the news in this universe. Truly. Barely anything good comes from watching it here. Yeah, you're just, like, informed and scared. Yeah. (laughs) Always. Um... (laughs) Rosalind is frustrated that Lincoln has disappeared. She gets a call from POTUS that's actually Coulson. (laughs) And he says, I'm offended. You've asked everyone for help except the people who actually know something. (laughs) During the call, her henchman or whoever gets a message that they found Lincoln, 
Oh no, John gave him up. Daisy visits Simmons with a bouquet of daisies, which was so cute. <laughs> she tells Simmons that whenever Simmons is ready to talk about what happened, Daisy will be there for her. Lincoln wakes up and finds John acting fucking weird. <laughs> John keeps blocking the door and finally picks up a baseball bat and tells Lincoln to wait for the feds to come for him. Lincoln shocks the bat out of John's hands to scare him out of the way, but then as he walks past, John starts having a heart attack, and Lincoln tries desperately to save him as the feds arrive below. Poor Lincoln. I, I, I really, really feel for him in this episode. I know. He's truly between a rock and a hard place, like, because he doesn't trust anybody, and he shouldn't. Yeah, he's on the run, and he just accidentally killed someone. And somebody that he actually cared about and trusted. Ugh. Yeah. Poor guy. Simmons is finally about to open up to Daisy when she's startled by Daisy's phone ringing. It's Lincoln, and he says he's ready for her help, which is great timing with the feds literally right outside his door. <laughs> I do not know how she got there in time. <laughs> um... Colson, Daisy, and Mac are talking about how Lincoln is hiding, waiting for them. Colson says it would be safer for Mac to do the extraction. Fucking why, though? <laughs> I don't see that. Um, Daisy says, yeah, definitely it will be safer, but then he won't come, so it's gotta be me. I, like, for Mac to be the safer option... I, I guess because the feds would try to take Daisy, too, but I don't know. I That's what I, that's what I thought. But then she can just shake him off. Shake him off. Yeah. Ah, ah. <laughs> anyway, I, and then I loved Coulson's little to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Fitz talks to Morse about how Simmons has still been fairly distant and he's unsure how to help her. He thought that the lab would help since Simmons designed it all herself to her own perfect specifications. And Morse offers that maybe Fitz should stop focusing on the way things used to be and focus on the future, starting fresh. You know, like what Fitz needed last season. Bobby gives such good advice. I love her. Truly. Like, the only level-minded person around here. <laughs> <laughs> And then Coulson actually did go to the beach. I didn't expect him to do that. <laughs> um, but he goes to meet with Rosalind. He asks her if her car has a name, and she says, it's just a car. And it's a him. <laughs> She's so hot. <laughs> um, she offers a few jokes about Coulson having a prosthetic arm, and he tells her to stop, and she's like, I can't be the first to make these jokes, and he says, actually, you are. It's pretty recent. And she's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I love that dialogue so much. <laughs> <laughs> Coulson tells her that she shouldn't be panicking the public the way that she is. Hang on, whoa. I said, the public. <laughs> the public. Colson tells her that she shouldn't be panicking the public the way that she is. Hunter and May make their way into the fight club thing. And Hunter starts his turn, but it turns out that he's fighting his ex-friend, Spud. Your ex-friend, Spud. <laughs> he's someone in a club and he kissed her. 
<laughs> Someone a BZ lister. <laughs> um, while the fight is going on, May gets hit on, but she allows the three guys to intimidate her into another room and then kicks all of their asses. She really was just itching to beat someone up. She was. Oh, my God. You could see it. Hunter is still getting his ass beat until he brings out his brass knuckles. And then I'm pretty sure he killed Spud. <laughs> R.I.P. Spud. Bye, Spud. You were a weird dude. <laughs> Truly. What's that uh, line from, from Toy Story? He's like, I'm a married Spud. I'm a married Spud. I'm a married Spud. <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't Do know, know why, but I was, I was thinking of the line from Elf. What's that but one? It's it's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, bye, Spud. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> I mean that, too. I'm, I hope he finds his dad, too. <laughs> yeah, that, that line is from Elf if you rewrote Elf. Yeah. If Elf was about this guy, totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> so Coulson asks Rosalind to allow S.H.I.E.L.D. to bring in Lincoln. Rosalind refuses, but it's okay because this was just the distraction while Daisy gets to Lincoln herself. He's terrified that he's now the monster that they've made him out to be now that he's actually killed somebody. Which, ugh, hurts my heart that he's spiraling like this. But Daisy snaps him out of it with true love's first kiss. It's about time. I was <laughs> waiting for it from the moment they introduced him. <laughs> I was also like, girl, is this the time? Is now the time? <laughs> literally. You are literally being listened to <laughs> by everyone. <laughs> but it works because she's got magic lips. <laughs> Uh, and just as he agrees to work with Daisy, not S.H.I.E.L.D., mind you, Matt comes in and lets in the ATCU soldiers. I do just want to say that Daisy almost brought Lincoln in with just a kiss. Magic. Magic lips. Just a kiss. <laughs> Our girl is fucking powerful. She is so powerful. <laughs> in <laughs> even, more ways than one. Even without her powers, she is fucking <laughs> insane. <laughs> Um, so Rosalind, we find out, knows about Daisy and her powers. She convinced Coulson to trade Lincoln for Rosalind's silence about Daisy. And god damn it with the executive orders, Coulson! No, Coulson! We were rooting for you! We were all we rooting were for all you! We were rooting for you! What the fuck?! <laughs> So Lincoln obviously refuses and shocks the soldiers off their feet while he runs away. So then they turn their attention to bringing Daisy in. And Daisy and Mac remind them that that is a very, very bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Coulson convinces Rosalind to leave Daisy alone because he has something better. So the soldiers stand down and file out. I was so confused at this point. <laughs> It, it it was a lot that happened. It, yeah. It was a was lot like, of bait and, bait and switch sort yeah. of things. I felt a lot of whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So Fitz escorts Simmons into a very fancy-looking but very empty restaurant. He tells her that he wanted to make sure that she didn't have any distractions. So the maitre d' shows them to their seat and lets her know that Mr. Fitz was very persistent, and they'd been holding this reservation for months. He was holding the reservation the whole time! Oh my god! So sweet! I love him. The perfect not-boyfriend. Truly. I, like, how can you not just fall in love with him? (laughs) (laughs) Fitz says that when Simmons brought him out to dinner for the first time after months in the hospital, it finally made him feel like a person again. So then the server server comes back after, like, fucking 30 seconds to ask if they know what they want to order yet. Like... Bro, give them a minute, please. (laughs) I was like, you just handed them a menu. You know that they haven't opened it yet. (laughs) Also, they're the only people in the restaurant you can watch (laughs) to see when they're done looking at the menu. (laughs) Um, So Simmons takes one look at the long menu and then starts tearing up as the server pours the wine. Fitz sends him away and goes around to sit by her and just holds her as she cries. Oh, my God! I want to scream and cry and throw things and kick my feet and giggle and throw up. And I- <laughs> uh. Uh. <laughs> That whole scene, I just... What's the, what's the, like, that weird response that humans have to, like, cute things where we just want to, like, squeeze it? Oh, cute aggression? Yes, that's what I have, even just thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like equal parts upsetting and cute. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I I feel it right. I literally can't sit still right now just thinking about it. (laughs) Um, Daisy confronts Coulson about handing over Lincoln, and she's pissed. And then she's even more pissed when she finds out that the person Coulson offered in place of them taking Daisy was himself. So now S.H.I.E.L.D. is working with the ATCU. Coulson says he's tired of fighting with people who he's tired of fighting with people over who's supposed to be the ones that they're fighting. I, the way he worded it was confusing, but I get the sentiment and I'm proud of him, I guess. But also what? <laughs> <laughs> So as he takes a phone call from Rosalind, Daisy goes to play video games with Mac and thank him for not telling Coulson that she's in love with Lincoln. So near the end, Mac asks Daisy for backup on Halo 5 Guardians, which is apparently the game that they were playing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But Halo 5 has no two-player split-screen option, so that would not Ah. be possible. Ah! What a goof! You goofs. Goof. <laughs> you fucking goofs. You little goofy goobers. What you are you You ruined thinking? everything. <laughs> that totally took me out of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I just couldn't watch any of the rest of it, but here's the rest of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I had to turn it off. <laughs> uh, 
Sorry, now I'm just laughing at <laughs> us. <laughs> um, so Hunter gets escorted into a very dirty Hydra office and meets Ward's goon, but no Ward, unfortunately. And I, I truly, I can't get over how teeny tiny Hunter looks. Has he always been this itty bitty? He's so I was little. thinking the same thing this whole episode. <laughs> He's so small. I love a petite man. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so little. <laughs> <laughs> I find it so funny because he like won this like crazy fight where he's supposed to be such a good like soldier or whatever. He like took down this guy. But he's so little. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Anyway. So now it's time for the post-content content. content. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Morse is working out. Does this count as physical therapy for her knee? I don't know. Um... Also, it was entirely unnecessary, actually. They just wanted to show Morse working out. <laughs> yeah, had nothing to do with the plot. Had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I mean, again, appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> After her workout, she finds Simmons in the lab, studying the leftover rubble from the monolith portal. Morse assures her that it won't open again, but Simmons says it needs to, because she has to go back. <gasps> Unfinished business is a bitch. Dun dun dun. Ah! <laughs> My voice broke on that last gun. <laughs> dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, I feel like this was a short one too. The last episode yeah. was short, and this one's short. I'm sorry, guys. There was just no fun facts, and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I enjoyed the goofs this episode, actually. Most of them, I mean, some of them were still dumb, but most of them were actually pretty good, and I appreciated them. (laughs) I'm glad. So, overall thoughts on the episode? I had a few thoughts. First of all, I feel like Spud deserved better, honestly. I don't know what their beef was, but I feel like he deserved better. My, My imagining is always, when they're telling that story at the beginning, when they're, like, fucking pissed off their asses drunk yeah is that a term that anyone uses pissed off their asses probably not yeah i feel like in the uk they say pissed for drunk anyway i don't remember what the story was about but he seemed like pissed off about whatever was happening in the story spud did oh yeah it was that um hunter like told somebody something about him that he was like embarrassed about or something or he was telling a story that Spud was embarrassed about. Yeah, I think it was, like, Spud... Never mind. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Do y'all hear our half brain cells just rubbing together <laughs> as hard as they can? <laughs> Listen, the brain cell has to travel how many miles between Austin and here? <laughs> It's like 400 miles, okay? That's a long way for a brain cell to go. (laughs) And every time it travels, it gets smaller and smaller. We're trying. The wind is just whittling it down. (laughs) 
Anyway, Spud deserved better. And I love Fitzsimmons. And I'm, I want, I want this to be the time that they get together. I don't want, I don't want more um, cliffhangers and <laughs> miscommunications. I just, I, it's, it's right there. <laughs> it's right there. Ugh. And also, I felt like this was a lover era episode, really. Because you have Fitzsimmons, you got Lincoln and Daisy. Now, there's also May and Garner, which was sad. So that's like... Lover is kind of a sad album, is what I'm coming to realize. Well, now it is. <laughs> well, no, like, ev- like there's... Okay, you can't tell me, even before this all happened... Cornelia Street is a fucking sad song. That yeah. is a song about the anxiety of a relationship on the rocks. I I wouldn't call that sad. I that's just anxious attachment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I it's a being afraid that you could lose what you have. So it's a fear kind of thing i don't i don't know yeah, I, don't I don't know i feel like sad cornelia street the archer death by a thousand cuts um even false god like false god i wouldn't say is sad but it's like we were stupid to think that this could work out like but we might get away with it yeah i don't know so this is a reputation album was, this <laughs> yeah, was yeah, a yeah. reputation episode <laughs> that's what we're really here for <laughs> <laughs> that's the love see that's the love album reputation yeah. is the love album and lover is the sad album <laughs> we're turning heads changing minds <laughs> hot takes hot takes <laughs> get your hot takes um anyway yeah what about you? What are your overall thoughts? Um, I just, I, f- I feel like this episode is kind of one of those, f- like, filler episodes that kind of, like, it carries the plot to the next episode. Yeah. Like, it, it has, like, plot threads, but no real, like, plot that happens in it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like it, they had to fill out the the season, so they had to have something going on. But it does still follow with the overall arc. Yeah, like I, what I mean by like plot threads is like this episode doesn't really wrap anything up. Yeah, and I mean, like it's not going to. It's only the third episode, but like it more so like connects the plot to. Like, the plot of the last episode and the plot of the next episode. It's like, oh, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Does that make sense? Just They're just killing time. So they killed John. Yeah. <laughs> and Spud. And Spud. R.I.P. Kings. <laughs> you will be missed. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Did you remember that they existed? I feel like we're not going to remember that they existed by the end of the season. I forgot that you existed. 
There are so many Taylor Swift references in this episode. In just this one episode, what we lack in fun facts, we make up in Swift references. <laughs> oh my god. I want I I do want to make sure for everybody listening, are y'all recognizing that we do make a Taylor Swift reference in every single episode? Like we make a point to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just hope that y'all are catching it because <laughs> we do work on those. <laughs> or at least well, Caroline does. We don't work on them. Like they come up naturally, but I I make sure that there is at least one Taylor Swift reference in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, is that all? Is that yeah, all I we've think got? That's all. I think that's all. Right. Well, that concludes our episode on Season 3, Episode 3, <laughs> A Wanted Inhuman. Mm-hmm. Next week, we'll be covering Season 3, Episode 4, Devils You Know, so stay tuned for that. Okay, bye! Bye, love you! Bye.